Welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. It's the 2017 Masters special. Yes, episode one, our first podcast. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour previewer at Golf Betting System. And with me is resident guest Barry O'Hanrahan from A Good Talk Spoiled podcast. A warm welcome to you, Barry. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much, Steve. I'm glad to be on the show. Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. Now, Barry's a veteran of 130 podcasts and can be followed at A Good Talk Golf on Twitter. Now, for people who haven't heard of Golf Betting System, you're probably new to us and the podcast. Our website is www.golfbettingsystem.co.uk. You can follow me at Bamford Golf, plus our Golf Betting System Facebook group has three and a half thousand golf punters and uh, it's growing by the hour with new members loads of competitions on there plenty of golf chat one thing to just highlight before we crack on 2017 majors competition which is being again sponsored for the fifth year by bet365 all we want you to do is pick a different player for each of the four major championships so you need to get your entries in before the first tee shots, of course, this week on Thursday. And you can enter via Twitter, email, and also our Facebook group. All of the details available at the golf betting site, or golf betting system site, and of course via my uh, weekly betting preview on the on uh, the Masters, which we actually uh, we got in the uh, bag today monday morning this is being recorded monday evening um top prize 150 pounds of free bets from bet365 we've also got second and third place uh, prizes on there as well so yeah monday evening and um we've just been hit by the news that augusta's been evacuated because of a tornado <laughs> and they've also had 32 millimeters of rain today so um Certainly a mixed bag there today. What kind of impact do you think this level of uh, precipitation is going to have on the golf course? Because, as we know, Barry, it's a testing, stretching golf course as it is. 30 mils is quite a lot. Um, A tornado warning is no joke, but that doesn't mean one's going to arrive. It just means the type of weather that could produce tornadoes in the area. So a safety measure and hopefully uh, nothing touches down. Um, the weather tomorrow is supposed to be one of those hot Georgia days up in the high 80s, so that could certainly dry out the course a little bit, but um, more rain is forecast on Wednesday, so it's going to be soft and it's going to be extra long then, especially with the grass. Uh, we'll get into the, the way the course is prepared now in a couple of minutes, um, the way the grass is uh, mown towards the players. It's it's definitely favouring the, the very long hitters, um, the way it's setting up right now. Yeah, it's going to be stretching. I mean, just some basics around the course. I mean, most people, uh, they know Augusta National with there every single year. That's what I think why one of the reasons it's such a popular major championship on the basis that we know every hole, we, we pretty much know every blade of grass. 7,435 yards on the scorecard, par 72, four par fives, a lot of stretching par fours as well. Um They've had a lot of rain in this part of Georgia, actually right through until the end of March, 267 mils in January. And when I went back across the previous three, four years, it's the highest amount of precipitation they'd had prior to April. With this on top, 
And as you said, uh, Barry, they're also expecting a hell of a lot of rain on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon. So, you know, you've got players there that were touching down from Houston Monday, Sunday night, didn't get to the course till Monday. I know some, you know, a lot of the more experienced players weren't weren't planning on getting there till Tuesday anyway. There isn't going to be a lot of practice for a lot of these guys, so that's that's going to be quite a big handicap for a lot of these course debutants potentially. But yeah, we're looking at a very soft golf course. Um, the way they set the course up, the fairways always moan towards the tees, which makes it longer. You think seven four three five? In reality, it's probably going to be playing closer to seven eight, especially with fairways with very little roll. Um, greens themselves, pure bent grass. Uh, they tend to be about six and a half thousand square feet and extremely undulating. Um, the golf course is famous for its hairdryer type machinery, which can suck the living daylights out of the golf course, especially the greens, the sub air systems. But even so, you can't help but think that Thursday into Friday, that golf course and the greens themselves are going to be a lot slower than we're used to seeing. Um, And, to make matters even more challenging for the players, they're expecting up to 35 to 40 kilometre per hour winds across both Thursday and Friday. So it's it's going to be a very, very testing opening 36 holes. I had it in my mind when I was writing my preview this morning, Barry, that I think any any score that's under par on Saturday or a close of play Friday must be must be leading or very very close to the lead. Yeah, it would certainly appear so. Um, you might get one one guy breaking out to minus four. You know, who play, has played particularly well in the wind and has found a yeah. nice putting touch. The greens would be receptive, but. Yeah, you really can't see anybody streaking away with um, with with any crazy numbers. Not with those conditions, and they seem to be the wind seems to be pretty consistent from morning right through the day. So it doesn't seem to be a, a big draw bias like we see sometimes in the Open Championship. So um, kind of an equal distribution of pain for the entire field, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm seeing. I'm just looking on Vanderground right now. I'm seeing up to forty kilometers per hour. Four, five o'clock, and even if you look late morning, say eleven, it's thirty-nine and thirty-seven. So it's consistent on Thursday, but it's particularly, uh, particularly devilish. The wind. There are even potentially going to be thunderstorms right through until about six a.m. on Thursday pre-tea. So um, it's it's a real mix because you know you think soft golf course, your name, you know you. The names instantly jump out of the pack, don't they? Uh, Rory McIlroy, famous for his soft golf course, receptive conditions. Uh, the likes of Dustin Johnson, the long, big hitters. Henrik Stenson's fantastic. Justin Rose is good. You think of those kind of players, but this whole wind element really does throw a completely different angle at it. And... The only thing I am seeing potentially on Fridays, the early starters might get a few hours before it really picks up. But even then, by 11 o'clock, we're looking again at 32, 35 kilometres per hour. So it's two very, very testing days. For sure, for sure. I mean, even even on the years when the scoring is going great for the leaders, this is not an easy golf course. Your, your game really needs to be on point. 
on, on in so many factors and areas for you to score well and play well around here. Um, you know, the leader could be up around at 18 under like Jordan Spieth was, uh, but there were guys who were shooting mid-70s and 80s at the same time when Jordan was shooting those crazy yep. numbers. So, uh, you know, To back that up, it was the actual course average, scoring average of that year, even though he was 18 under, was 72.54. So he was still playing half a shot over par, and he was at 18 under. So it's a, it's a tough, tough golf course, even when it's playing relatively easy. Very, very stretching. So, who do you think? What kind of players do you think it's going to favour these really stretching conditions? Just to bring up, bring it the full circle as well. From Saturday, those winds tend uh, are dying away. They're they're much more civilised. It's it's just light breezes, effectively. That golf course, though, will dry. The sub-air filters will be sucking the living daylights out of those greens. I don't think it's going to get to the stage where it was as firm and as fast as, as we saw at the end of last year. But in my mind, I, I think eight to nine under, I think is going to be pretty close to getting the job done. I think it's going to be quite a high year in terms of its scoring. Certainly nowhere near Jordan Spicey, 18 under, nowhere near that. No, it's it's not going to happen. And I guess it depends on the weekend how much they uh, they really turn on the the systems on the greens and how how much the wet the sun will beat down on them and dry them out. And um, the course will definitely um, change from Thursday Friday to right through to the weekend. And that's kind of a fun challenge to see the players adapting to the different conditions over four you know four separate days rather than playing you know Augusta in benign calm conditions and you're playing the yeah. same course four days in a row so it'll be a, a very interesting challenge and even more so to me than that means every part of a player's game needs to be um, in tip tip top condition they need to be a battler but they also need to take advantage of it when it's uh, maybe Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon when they might let them score a bit you know they might not dry out the greens too much um, could be a good day for moving so I'm looking for somebody who can play it in the wind, hit the ball an awfully long way, and um, probably striking their irons very purely at the moment, because if you're not, the wind is going to just smack the ball out of the air and play havoc with it, and you're going to have to, you're going to be missing a lot of greens, and then we all know how difficult it is to get up and down around Augusta. Yeah, well, for sure. Strong wind player, ability to grind, scramble. And to be able to putt in the wind, a lot of players really struggle with their putting in windy conditions. It isn't just all about ball striking. A lot of players really do struggle with that aspect of the game. I don't know. I think yeah. I think people are going to have to be very patient in those conditions. Par is going to be a fantastic score. I think the direction of the wind looks like it's going to be westly, northwesterly. Um, that means that the par fives uh, coming home, the ones that are normally reachable, probably won't be reachable. So it's going to be a completely different golf course to what we then see on Saturday and Sunday. And the fact that those changes are occurring, but it looks like it's going to be relatively fair for the whole field. I think that's going to make it a particularly interesting major championship. For me, stats that I've really focused in on, and they seem to be the key key stats each and every year, Par four, par four birdie or better. Don't forget the par fours here are particularly stretching. So any kind of birdies you can get on par fours are very, very. Uh, they're like gold dust. Birdie or better generally. 
Uh, the last three winners here have been in the top 18 in that particular scat, stat, scat, uh, statistic category. I'll get it out eventually. And bogey avoidance. Now, that makes perfect sense, doesn't it, with these conditions. Last three winners have been in the top 15 in that category as we were starting the Masters. One thing I will throw in there, though, bogey avoidance. That can include also doubles, triples, quadruples, but it's only counted as one actual occurrence. So... Just keep an eye out for players that uh, make too many doubles, maybe even the odd triple now and again, because around Augusta, it's extremely difficult to pay catch-up. One really interesting statistic for people who like an in-play bet, and it does work very effectively here, no winner since 2010 has been outside of the top 10 after round one. It's one of those courses where you have to be patient and you just have to take advantage of what the organisers give you every day in terms of pin positions and holes. A lot of the holes each and every day are simply par holes where you walk away and you're happy. So, let's start. Should we, should we start talking about the... Uh, I'll tell you what we'll run through quickly just before we move on to the individual players. Golf betting system, we always have a predictor model. Uh, effectively, it's a it's a... A user front end that anybody can use free of charge at golfbettingsystem.co.uk. Loads of stats, greens irregulation, form in, birdies per round, uh, par 72 positive players, bent grass positive. There's loads of variables there. But what we do, Paul, Paul Williams on the European Tour and myself on the PGA Tour, each week we release a published predictor model just using this kind of skill stats that we think are going to be important. I'll run you through the top 10 of this week's predictor. Uh, 10 is Jason Day, 16 to 1. These are all sky bet prices. They have gone eight places each way, full quarter odds, which is the exceptional proposition for this week from a betting perspective. Uh, nine is Mark Leishman, 60 to 1. Eight is Brant Schnedeker, 50 to 1. Seven, Hideki Matsuama at 18 to 1. Phil Mickelson is at 6, 25s, with Justin Rose at 5, also 25s. Fowler, 20 to 1. Uh, Rory McElroy, 8s. Dustin Johnson, 11 to 2 at 2. And number 1 is Jordan Spieth. It's tight, I have to say, between Spieth and Johnson uh, in terms of the uh, the scoring. But yeah, Spieth's tops out, 7 to 1. Dustin Johnson, 11 to 2. And Rory in third place, 8 to 1. Where does that stack up with your thoughts, Barry? What do you think? Right now, with the form they're in, I can't see any of those top three being any of those three big guys there, Speed, Johnson, and McElroy, being outside the top eight, ten places. So, those guys are chewing up eight, you know, three of the eight places in my mind, which me, you know, which would encourage me if I'm if I'm betting, which I have done, to seek out a bookmaker who's offering those eight places. Um, especially if you're betting outside of those three guys, which a number of people will. You know, it's always fun to grab a, a mid or a long odds guy and you ride that dream, hopefully see him in the mix on Sunday afternoon. For me, I, you can't back all three of them because that's not a smart proposition. So I um, I laid my cards out a few weeks ago and backed Rory before he came back from injury. And I got on, on him at 11 to 1, so I'm quite happy with that as it is. A, li- yeah. a little bit unhappy that the wind is picking up and... You know, Rory's historically not the greatest wind player, but he has been getting better at it over the years, and um, his game seems in pretty good shape. He's not, you know, he's definitely well rested uh, because he didn't, he wasn't able to play tournaments, and he was able to focus on a short game. So uh, he seems quite settled with his new 
it, you know, the new clubs in the bag. All told, I think he'll have a good week. And I like that he's a little bit under the radar because of the spotlight grabbing that Dustin Johnson's been doing recently. Um, there's a lot of good factors pointing uh, towards Rory maybe pulling on a green jacket on Sunday afternoon. One of the bookmakers, Stan James, have actually got McElroy as the favourite, 13-2. to two. They've got Dustin Johnson at 7s and Jordan Spieth at 8s. Just to firm up on what you were saying about eight places each way, I've never seen a Masters where the bookmakers are offering so much punter value. Um, the amount of firms out there offering the standard five places is very very small. Uh, Ladbrokes and Betfred pretty much of the bigger brands. Every other bookmaker offering six, seven, or eight. Skybet eight and a quarter the odds. Uh, Bet three six five this afternoon went eight and a fifth. William Hill are eight and a fifth, and Paddy Power are eight and a fifth. So uh, fair play to the bookmakers. They are giving punters real value this week, and that's a that's a major step forward. I think taking those big three. I just want to point out eight 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 Sport are offering. 50 to 1 on Rory McElroy, Jordan Spieth at 50 to 1, and Dustin Johnson 40 to 1 for new customers only, naturally. Uh, five pounds or five euro is the maximum stake. So that's something. If you want to cover off one of the big three, and uh, you know what way to do it, that could be a proposition that is very attractive to a few punters who just want an insurance policy on one of the big three. So yeah, you're on McElroy at eleven to one. Was that actually before he he played in Mexico that you managed to get on him at that price? It was, yeah. It was at the end of his injury before he came back. Yeah, and, prudent. Uh, yeah, I just I was talking to a friend of mine, Stephen O'Connor. Um, he's at Sock Three Hundred on Twitter, and he obviously does an awful lot of golf um, previewing, of sp- particularly the seniors he's good at, and he posts a lot into yeah. the golf betting system group. And yeah, yeah. Uh, we were we were texting away about McElroy, and he just he pointed out that you're not going to get a better price. You're not going to get eleven to one on McElroy for the Masters in a couple of weeks' time. And that, no. well, that that convinced <laughs> convinced me. But I had a I had a feeling right. about McElroy back um, back then. He was he was the trigger to get me on him at, a, at an early stage. Usually I wait till the week of an event to back somebody, but uh, I made an exception in Rory's case. I when mean, you look at it, when you do look at his stats, you can tell that his putting. I'm talking from a putting average perspective, not from a strokes gained putting, which sometimes I like them and sometimes I don't. But from a putting average perspective, his putting right now is fantastic. You know, I on my um, betting previews each week, I have a rolling top twenty across driving accuracy, greens and regulation, and putting average. So what we do is we take a full field across a tournament. And we got, we build in a ten week moving window, and we just monitor where uh, players' performances across those three skill sets rank against the rest of the field. If you take putting average, he ranks number one for putting average right now. He also ranks, hey presto, number one for greens in regulation. So you take those two statistics. And Rory eleven to one is a very very strong price, uh, undoubtedly. Can I just go collect my winnings now? Or yeah, uh, well, maybe they should just cancel it and, and give it to him. <clears throat> I mean, the thing is, neither of us could turn anybody off any of the top three if they wanted no, to no. back them. There's just they have yeah. so many reasons to back McIlroy, Spieth, or Johnson. It's it really is down to personal preference. Finding that little niche stat or gut feeling that you want, and that makes you feel like he's going to play a little bit better than the other two guys and win. 
Um, you have gone different with your main bed, haven't you, from McElroy? I have. When I've gone back into previous three years of, of tips that I've pulled together, I've, I've looked at these rolling stats, and each year, the player that's won this has been both in the top 20 of my rolling greens and regulation, but also in the top 20 of putting average. And I'll take you through the players that are listed on this week's preview that fulfil those two criteria. McElroy's one, as we just said. You won't be surprised. Dustin Johnson is another. Russell Henley is another, although after last week, um, it's kind of anyone that wins Houston does pretty much nothing the following week. Uh, who else have we got? We've got Tyrrell Hatton. We've also got uh, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose. Those are the names that appear both in top 20 of greens in reg and also putting average. That's quite a select group. A very select group. But in previous years, though a member of that of that small group has actually won the has won the Masters. So that's just one for listeners to tap into potentially. I'm going for Jordan Spieth personally. I think with a record that was, you know, second on debut, first and then second. I know there's all this stuff of going around about, you know, he's he's in torment, he's in mental torture. You can't deal with life, thinking about the 12th and all this kind of journalistic rubbish that's out there. And who says that? It's only the journalists and not Jordan. (laughs) It's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. Oh, he's 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 eating up inside. He doesn't know what to do. When he gets there, he might you know he might collapse in a self pity. But for me, I I do think he's he really is a Jack Nicklaus sort. I think he intimidates players. I think when he's in the mix, players just fall away. They get intimidated by him. He's a real match player, and he knows how to get around Augusta. And I just like the way his season's built. He started slowly, but you could tell he was concentrating on ball striking. He he was concentrating on hitting as many greens as he could. Um, He was also concentrating on being quite aggressive in terms of par fives going for the green, and that's another fact that we know is important around here, really making those par fives coming home pay by trying to get on the get there in two but Spieth won at Pebble Beach and if you remember then the first couple of days there were very very nasty very gnarly he just gravitated to the top of the leaderboard I just get the feeling that he's been peaking and as we've said in the past these major championships the person that tends to win is someone that can just get their game to peak you know for that particular week and I just I get the feeling with Dustin Johnson, you know, he's had this fantastic run of three wins on the trot. Um, it's if he won this week the Masters, he'd be the first player since two thousand and six Tiger Woods to win four on the trot on the PGA Tour. He'd also be the first world number one to win the Masters since two thousand and two. Hey presto, that was Tiger Woods. He's fighting against some very very strong trends there. And like you just said, I can't put anyone off DJ, Rory or Jordan Spieth. They're there for a reason. They're the three best players in the world, effectively. Yeah. And it's personal preference, what you, who you go for. You've gone for Rory, I'm going, I'm going for Jordan. I, I really think um, one of the greatest attributes that Jordan has is his, his ability to grind. And like you said, when players see him up there in the leaderboard, they get intimidated because they know... He, he absolutely hates making bogeys or making you know or, or double bogeys yeah. even and he's just so bloody brilliant at avoiding them 
Um, oh, his scrambling is phenomenal. He's, and we, you know, we, we know about his mid-range putting. It's just out of this world. And that's the thing. So they know if this guy is in position come going into Saturday and Sunday that if he's even when he's playing with somebody and he, he the person they might think oh he's going to drop a shot here and he pulls off a miracle par. It's infuriating if you're playing mm-hmm. beside that and you see him escaping mm-hmm. time and time again. And then he'll go off and drop a couple of birdies, and next thing you know, you're four shots behind him when he hasn't played all that great. But so it's it's a psychological aspect of what he can do on a golf course as well, and how it affects his opponents that makes him I think such a though, weapon Barry, out there. Yeah, I think Barry. That's why people were so shocked at what happened twelve months ago. They just could not believe that Jordan Spieth was throwing away what seemed like an absolutely cast iron. Masters victory. Mm. They just couldn't believe what they were seeing. Yeah, he um, he covered over the cracks in his game for sixty three holes, and then uh, the, the wheels yeah. just kind of fell off. Uh, and that's one thing I will say: his game going into Augusta last year was nowhere near the shape it is this year. He's he's a lot more controlled, and his game, his ball striking, his approach play is far. You know, he's he's number one ranked on this PGA Tour for. Um, a strokes gained approach the green, and that just shows you his his irons at the moment are, are laser like. I liked him at Houston first round. He hit a lot of greens, and I just I seriously think he just saw weather forecast and thought I need to get out of here. I need to. I just need to leave this tournament behind. Monday finish? No, 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 thank you. Don't fancy any of that. But. I, that, I think Jordan. Uh, I think he's in tip-top condition. Right. Okay. That's the top three. Why don't we talk about Jason Day, Hideki Matsuama, Ricky Fowler, and John Rahm? They're the next four in the betting. What are your views across those? Okay. Um, in terms of Jason Day, I think it's going to be very difficult to figure out how he's going to be able to how he turns up mentally to this tournament. Obviously, he's had that very unfortunate situation with his mother's um, illness. So, it, it, I think it depends how that manifests. If he, he could turn up super focused and destroy the field and run away with it, um, using it as motivation, or he could turn up and be distracted and he could miss the cut. So, for me, he, it's such an unknown entity. I'm not going to back Jason Day this week. Um, Matsuyama, I have a. I've, I don't know, I've been watching him play a lot recently. Obviously, he's been in front of us an awful lot because he's been playing so well. But he, the propensity to have these terrible follow-throughs and one-handed finishes and you know showing disgust at shots that finish only a few feet from the pin, he seems to have almost played himself into a little bit of bad form um, by beating down on himself so much. Or maybe, maybe his standards got so high because of all those wins and that amazing form he went into he's now kind of beating himself up that he's not hitting those same heights that he was back um, a couple of months ago. He's still a supreme golfer. Um, I worry a little bit about his putting in Augusta. Um, but he's a pure ball striker, isn't he, who kind of gets by with a putter. Yeah, did, if, the ball, if the ball striking and the GIR disappears, it, he, he can't really pull himself out of that hole, can he? Yeah, so I mean, this week might not be as much of a putting contest with the conditions on them. Thursday yeah. and Friday, so it might work in his favour if he's uh, if his ball yeah. striking kind of gets back to even a, even a hint of where it was at a few mm. weeks back. Ricky Fowler, everybody saw he played some brilliant golf there in Houston last week, and Houston's designed to kind of mimic the conditions of Augusta with the way they prepare the course and the grass and the greens, and um, he's he's been in very good form. 
it it'd be hard to turn people off Ricky, especially when he's available. What is he? Twenty twos in most places and twenty eight with Betfair now. There they've we actually, go. They've actually yeah they've taken his price out. That's a very juicy price on a guy who's playing very very well the week before uh, the Masters. When it co- John Ram, I I think he might have overplayed, overcommitted in terms of how much golf he played. We saw Dustin Johnson went all the way in the WGC match play, played seven rounds, and immediately pulled out of playing in the Houston Open. I had thought that might have been the best thing for Ram to do, so he wouldn't kind of go into the Masters tired. He might go in there tired. Although in saying that, he finished with a pep and a step on Sunday in Houston. Nice round. He's going to go to the. He's going to go to the Augusta with. As much confidence as anybody out there, so um, you know he's a young twenty-two-year-old guy. He could just keep on going, running on adrenaline, and um, you know, not really realize what he's doing if he's if he is up there in the mix in the leaderboard at Augusta. Um, yeah. How how can how uh, the way he's playing at the moment? He could definitely contend. Hits the ball a mile, and uh, all all parts of his game are very sharp. Yeah. Oh. I'll go in reverse order. Yeah, I think Ram. He, he's interesting statistically. He's perfect. Um, I think he's going to be one hell of a player. You know, we talk big three at the moment, and we we go through these phases, don't we? There was a big four or five a few months ago, but I think Ram. He's he's heading for the top of this game. I think he's going to be a a Dustin Johnson, Rory McIlroy kind of price, very very quickly. Um, it's a it's a big ask, isn't it? I know that Jason Day was second here on debut, course debut, and obviously Jordan Spieth a few years back. It is a big ask, especially in these. This isn't going to be a typical Augusta. This is going to be a very gnarly, very nasty golf course, and with a complete lack of experience of it, I think that's a big, big ask on Ram. Fowler twenty eight to one is a very tidy price. It has to be said at, at Betfair. Um, I don't know. It, I do look at Ricky Fowler. I'm one of his biggest supporters. One on him at uh, the Honda Classic a few weeks ago. The only thing I've noticed in his game recently, two factors I didn't, the two factors I didn't tip him up this week. One seems to struggle to hit greens here at Augusta. I know his favourite shot tends to be the fade, and that doesn't mean too much because obviously Willett last year was a winner with a fade. But he just seems to year in year out struggle to hit the number of greens here that you need. And secondly, last few appearances, there's been a lot of double bogeys. I counted five this morning across two golf tournaments, five double bogeys, and you just cannot be doing that kind of frittering away of shots at Augusta. It just will not work. You cannot play catch-up, and that's that's the reason I didn't go for Fowler. I think Matsuama's ball striking is downtrending rather than uptrending, and I, I like a guy who's whose greens and regulation is becoming better if or has been particularly solid. I just don't think uh, Matsuama... I think conditions could work in his favour. But um, Jason Day, yeah, it's another one for me. 22 to 1 available on the uh, former world number one. Kind of suggests the state of his game right now and his mental situation. But you never know. He loves a soft golf course. Uh, he's excellent in the wind. And who knows if he comes out and finds something from somewhere, he could be a real, you know, a shock name in there. Not a shock name as in, you know, Jason Day, but where's this come from? Where's this form come from? So <coughs> he's an interesting one, Jason Day. Let's go a bit deeper. Uh, let's talk Justin Rose, lefty, 
uh, Henrik Stenson, Adam Scott and Justin Thomas. What do you think? Well, the very first guy you mentioned there is my second uh, my second bet. Um, I've Rory and Rose are my two kind of big punts and the rest are on, uh, on smaller outsiders, uh, smaller bets and outsiders. I think Rose is... Um, He's capable of playing Augusta in any condition that the course presents itself. He's able to go low. He's able to battle battle it out. He, in typical Rose fashion, is kind of out of the limelight, but playing some really nice golf. He's plenty long. His putting is better than his... his uh, sorry, excuse me. It has ex- historically been. Um, I, just think, mm. I just think he's a really good shout, and I was quite, quite happy to take him on at 28-1. to 1. Yeah. Last couple of outings, Rose, his putting's been, you know, from a putting average perspective, he's been very, very strong. Yeah, he doesn't. You know, it, it, it isn't very often I see him in that top 20 rolling putting average statistic, and he's in there by merit, and he's been in there a couple of, last couple of outings. So his game is consistent right now. Yeah, and he, he hits consistent. so many greens, his putting doesn't need to be <coughs> unbelievable on, any, on a given no. week to win. Um, yeah, he's, uh, I think he's due, Justin. I think he's due a win. He hasn't won, you know, he won the Olympic competition, but he hasn't won a PGA Tour event for a couple of years now. And you just get the feeling he's due. Yeah, something sneaky might be there. So um, that's why I hopefully have the money on the right one of the right guys there. Um, yeah, I'm on Justin as well. He, I tipped him up this morning. That's uh, independently. We we didn't collu- yeah, independently we, no, no collusion yeah. on this one. Um, going down to Phil. Who, Phil and his amazing Augusta records. The game seems a little bit better this year. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't worry about him finishing. What was it? One over there in Houston. His. He was just working on getting every aspect of his game ready for this week. And last week was just to ch- to tune up those parts of his game. Um, who knows what Phil will show up? We know he's going to be swashbuckling. We'll see a few things on the highlight reel. Whether that's um, whether he's there on the top towards the top of the leaderboard on Sunday is. Um, your guess is as good as mine, I think. Yeah. Uh, Your favourite player in the world, Henrik Stenson. It, it's got to be a no for Henrik, it's, yeah. It's a big time no, yeah. I got burned on Henrik last year in Augusta when he was in... Everything was lining up for him to go well there. You know, all the, the stats were pointing in the right direction. And it just seems that mentally that place has his number. Um, I, I, added to that, he's missed a couple of cuts recently. Something's just not right there. Um, you you think the knee might be Adam? And yeah, you just put two or... and two together, don't you? And we know he's got injury problems with that knee, and he he's very non Henrik Stenson at the moment. His two outings in America since he went out that stateside have been very very poor by his standard. Yeah, he seems a little bit kind of frustrated, or yeah, mm. some, something's just not right there. So um, yeah, uh, I will be we'll be swerving Henrik, Adam Scott, Justin Thomas. I, Adam, for me, Adam Scott never plays enough golf early in the year before Augusta. Now that didn't stop him winning a green jacket, but um, I, I like to see a golfer playing a little bit more golf than that Scott does. So, uh, and he's been he's been largely anonymous as far as I've seen um, on tour. So it's just very very tough to quantify whether a guy's going to go well when he's so lightly raced. Um, I say that now knowing you know, with. McElroy being not quite as lightly raced, but I think I see that as a positive for Rory because he was injured. Scott has done this by choice. Um, and Justin Thomas, I think, has kind of fallen out of that hot streak of form he had. And mm. understandably so, it's it's very hard to keep that level of golf up for an extended period of time. And 
and you know the the multiple tournament wins he got were you know his he played sensational golf but it is hard to keep that going and um he he does have the he does have the right ingredients to to contend in augusta though um yeah. just maybe not this year maybe the form is not quite right but he you know he hits the ball a mile and he hits it very high so you know two factors that are very helpful in, in going well around augusta I can never call Phil Mickelson, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, Henrik, he's a definite no for me. There's something quite amiss there. It's the way that even you know he's turning up at tournaments on courses where he's done well in the past, like Bay Hill, and you look at the leaderboard and he's four over after six holes, and you think, what, what the devil's going on here? Um, Adam Scott seems to be having some tremendous putting woes. I think his his, his um, his round on Friday at Houston, I think there was like three three putts and a four putt. And that doesn't fill you with any kind of confidence at all. He's a funny one, Adam, because like you said, last year when he played Riviera, then he played a couple of the events in Florida, he only went and he won, he won two on the bounce, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's got some strange ideas, Adam Scott, in terms of scheduling. And Justin Thomas, I think that Justin Thomas has got the perfect game for Augusta. But you can always tell with Justin, um, he goes through these stages of up and down in terms of his greening regulation numbers, and he's in a downtrend at the moment. You know, he had all of that success. He was playing fantastic golf, uh, shooting 59s, 58s, whatever. But at the moment, that GIR's gone away, and I don't think that this is the course where you can afford to be missing greens and be competitive. But when he gets that timing right, and when the conditions are potentially a little bit easier for scoring, I think Justin Thomas is going to go very, very close, if not win a green jacket over the uh, many years that he's got to come. Yeah, it's a um, good shape. Yeah, he's a good player. He's got the perfect, you know, he, he can move the ball both ways. He's long as you like. High ball flight, I think he's perfect. And he's a great putter as well. Um, Sergio Garcia, Paul Casey, Bubba Watson... Louis Oosthuizen. Any any of these names taking your fancy? Brant Schnedeker. I, I've had a little punt on Paul Casey. Um, I think he's been showing some nice form recently around the states, and he has. Let me just look up his records here. He's got a couple of really good recent uh, sixth and a fourth the last two years in Augusta. Yeah, you know. Um, Probably not consistent, as, not, isn't it? Not as long as he used to be, but certainly long enough to get it done. And uh, so I was happy to throw a few euro on him and see how he goes. Sergio would probably be one of the most popular winners of Augusta, but I just don't think it um, is going to happen for him. The place seems to have his number mentally, and yeah. um, which is a shame, but it is what it is. So we shall move on. Um, Bubba Watson, two-time winner, available at fifty to one. Um, from what I've heard he got a little putting tip from Brant Snedeker and it seems to have ironed out what was probably one of the most disgusting putting strokes I've seen in a long time <laughs> it reminded me of mine yeah yeah since I looked at myself <laughs> in the mirror <laughs> exactly so look yeah. we know how, we know how um, a venue can settle a golfer's nerves or calm the, the problems he's been having and what better place for Bubba Watson to go with the game in a little yeah. bit of a ropey shape than somewhere where he feels so comfortable. 
So. I don't see I don't see him as a par grinder for thirty six holes though. You know what I mean? That's an issue, his, all right. His yeah. head his head goes down very quickly, doesn't it? When it when the conditions are rough. He uh, well, yeah, especially if a couple of bogeys sneak onto his card or even yeah. a double. Yeah, the patience issue is um, is a question mark. All right, um, Louis Oosthuizen. Um, I think most people remember him for his uh, his albatross here, but mm. he's got he's just got a. A beautiful swing. He should be contending so much more. The thing I find the problem with Louis is trying to figure out when the guy is actually going to play really well. I don't know what his mm-hmm. triggers are. I don't know what the signs are, the calling cards are. I'm not even sure yeah. Louis does. Um, I, I just love... I, he's great. He's a great guy to play, watch playing golf. Um, he will probably be a popular winner because of his beautiful golf swing. But just so hard to know if he's going to go well or not on any given week. He could as easily win as Mr. Cook by half a dozen shots. Paul and I have many a conversation over a, over a pint, and uh, we always call Louis Oosthausen a poor man's Rory McIlroy. <laughs> you just never know when that putter is going to actually fire. And when it fires, just everyone else might as well just pack up and go home. But, you know, it's so infrequent, you just don't quite know when it's going to happen. That's that's Louis Oosthausen, I think. Schnedeker, he's, he's got a good Augusta record, but he, he just isn't long enough or high enough with his ball flight to win around here. These rough conditions, though, I think will help him, you know, because we've seen him at Torrey Pines. What a fantastic win player. Um, and he, he can play extremely well in rough tough conditions so I would not be surprised to see Schnedeker just kind of gravitate up that leaderboard and before you know it oh, you know Brant's in one of the final groups come Saturday afternoon you could definitely see him grinding out a top 10 can't mm. you I mean, he's yeah, seen, yeah, he, yeah. he defies the stats and that's a really mm. good shout like Torrey Pines is a, a monstrous golf course yeah and he manages 60 to 1 you can get with Betfair Sportsbook right now on Brant Schnedeker that's a, that's a big price for someone that's got such a fantastic short game and a great grinder yeah and he's done, he's, 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 I think he's got two or three top 10s around him and a supreme putter as well which would be very helpful for oh, saving yeah. saving power in the first couple of days so we've gone through most of the guys at the top of the market. I'm going to take you through a couple of guys at bigger prices that I fancy. I've tipped up a couple. Mark Leishman, who is a sea of blue on odds checker right now. I got him. I took a lower price, but I went eight places, a quarter the odds with him at Skybet at sixty to one. I do think that Leishman's got a big chance this week. He's one. He's one of those sneaky players who. For me, kind of Steve Elkington-like, you just know that one major at some point, he's going to probably sneak away and win one from kind of left field. And who's this Mark Leishman guy? Because he's a real grinder. He proved that at Bay Hill in windy conditions a few weeks ago. Even then, people were discounting him. They were talking about Rory, Kisner, Hoffman. And all of a sudden, he eagled uh, the last par five. And what you know, Leishman's one up with two to play. And he and he gets probably the biggest tournament victory of his life to, of his career to date at Bay Hill. I just get the feeling he's been fourth here in the past. He's hitting a lot of greens in regulation right now, and that makes him a danger because he's a fantastic putter when he's on form, and he's been putting well all season. So uh, these bent grass greens, I think two of his main uh, or his three main tour victories have been on bent grass. He also won Gary Player on the European Tour 
a couple of years ago down there in South Africa. So he loves pure bent. I think he's a good shout this week, Mark Leishman. And I've also gone for the talented Floridian Daniel Berger, who was 10th here on debut last year. His game looks really, really strong this week for this kind of t- this task. Um, he's long, he's high, he hits a good draw. He's got a fantastic short game this year, scrambles well, good putting stroke. But he moved to Callaway in the winter and his tee to green game, where his ball striking is usually very top, you know, it's very good. He's been all over the place. But he's still been scoring well. That's that's the amazing thing. All of a sudden, last week at Houston, he, I think he was third or fourth for greens in regulation, and he finished fifth. And if he, if he can keep that going this week and keep that short game in in, in, in tack, I think he, he's, he's got a big week ahead of him, Daniel Berger. And we know that he can play in the wind, he can grind. He won at TPC Southwind, which is one of the toughest courses on the PGA Tour. And when he mixes it in some of these big tournaments, like he was second over in uh, the WGC HSBC end last year, he was 10th here last year, and he was buddied up with Dustin Johnson in round three and McElroy in round four, he doesn't go away. He, 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 he likes, he thrives on playing with the big players. So I think he's got a good major championship mentality. So I took 80-1 to 1 this morning with Skybet eight places each way on Daniel Berger. Uh, John Rhodes, has, he's moved him into 70-1 to 1 I've seen since this morning. So those are the two that I've gone at kind of mid-prices. Who, who, who are you gone for at, uh, at a bigger price? Had a Barrett. Yeah, like Berger's a good shout. He's a very gritty player, which is really, yeah. really going to help this week with the conditions. Um, I've gone for former champion Charles Schwartzel, who uh, I don't have very many stats on, but to my eye has been playing an awful lot better in the last few weeks. And he's got that comfort factor going back here. Well, he loves a long bent grass uh, uh, course, doesn't he? I mean, all of those winds down in South Africa, he, you know, he's, he's the perfect kind for this. Yeah, these are light winds for Charlie, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I take yeah. a little bit of a punt on Brooks Kepka. Not all of his stats will line up nicely. His greens and regulation are atrocious at the moment. His bogey avoidance is atrocious, but he hits the ball about as high as anybody and hits it very, very deep onto the golf course. Um, had a couple of crushing wins in the match play there a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, hopefully that's Brooks having turned the corner a bit. And, you know, we've seen him before when he gets on a roll and just feel, you know, gets that run going. He's uh, he's like a train and hard to stop. So um, I thought it was a fun little bet at 60 to 1. Um, he's a talented lad. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, he's something else. Yeah. So, um, other than that, now I'd be going into the the, the really out, the outsiders, the hundred to ones and beyond. Uh, a, f- a few little speculative bets. Um, char- There's a couple out there. I know. I know yeah. that Bill Hass is being backed at the moment. Uh, you can see that he's tidy, is and he likes he likes classical golf courses. Has, bi- has Bill finished in the top ten of a major yet? I think he snuck a tenth or something, Did didn't he, he at okay. the Open Championship last year? Okay, that's good. He needed to break that duck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. I, I just, I, I just don't see him being long and or aggressive enough once the wind disappears. Yeah, he's he's a super golfer and should probably win a little bit more. Um, very likable guy, but 
but 100 to 1 for a top 8, you know, each way with Sky or one of these guys, that that, that could be a good bet. I like Emiliano Grillo personally. I think he's got an inside ear with a, with El Pato, who knows every inch of this place. Big time. He's, he's gritty, an excellent win player. Um, he's been a couple of majors last year, the PGA and also the Open Championship. He was on the fringes of the top 10 at the business end. I know um, he tends to go backwards, at the you know, right at the nitty gritty. But again, if you're looking for a better or a reasonably priced each way punt, I think there are worse ones out there than Grio, who certainly found something at Bay Hill a few weeks ago. He was playing really well there for three of the four rounds. Anyway, the, that's the thing. He does tend to have a bad round on occasion. Apart from that, I'm kind of struggling lower down. You're getting down to the likes of Brendan Steele, I think might go well statistically. There's something about Johnny Vegas I like this season. I think Vegas is going to win again this year. I'm not saying it's the Masters, Mm -hmm. but there's something about Vegas. He's playing really well in President's Cup year. I think he's using that as a real motivator. And um, I can see him winning a tournament this year. You know, it's going to be something low scoring, I expect. But you never know. He, he could he could pop up this week. He's as long as you like. He's a half decent win player. You just never know with Johnny Vegas. That's 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 the point of fact. Funny you should mention Vegas. He in another market I've backed him. I've backed him to be a first round leader. Ah. I've got him at one hundred and twenty-five to one. He can be a pretty explosive guy. He got off to a fast start oh, yeah. last week, so uh, that Absolutely. was that was my logic. You know, for a couple of euro for a little bit of fun, just on day one, see if we get a bit of money coming back in before it's all lost by the end of the tournament. Absolutely. Um, him and the other one was uh, another shout from Stephen O'Connor, um, Ross Fisher. So oh yes, yes. First round leader, hundred to one, and really ninety four man field. Thanks a million. Mm. Ross has had a couple of uh, good starting rounds in Augusta before. He's riding the wave of really good success in the match play, knowing what he needed to do to get into the Masters and do, pulling it off. He's going there free rolling, and he's going to be he's going to be a happy man come day one, regardless of the conditions. So uh, I was willing to have a little punt on him for first round leader. And in the top in the top five of my rolling GIR stats, Ross Fisher, that won't surprise you. Okay. But you know he's quite long off the tee, isn't he? And he that experience that he's had at the Open Championship in gnarly, nasty conditions. I'm seeing him as big as 150 to one with a couple of firms. You know, across, you know, in the main actual winner market, that might be a decent price come uh, come Sunday. Not bad at all. Yeah, but yeah. I worry about his you know staying power come Sunday, but you just never know. Mm. Um, no, not on a top eight. Yeah, exactly. There was a, a guy who we've both backed, Mister Justin Rose, who you were saying off the air to me has a stellar record for round one in Augusta. Well, that's the other thing. We mentioned near the top of the show, to, to be competitive here, you have to. This isn't one of these tournaments where you can be like 35th, 38th after round one. You've got to be in the top ten. That's fact. You, it's, you can't play catch-up golf around Augusta. It, the course doesn't allow you to do that. And when you start pressing too hard, you don't, you don't make birdies. You make bogeys and doubles. That, that's how the course works. So you've got to be quick off the marks. And... Uh, one of the stats we do at Golf Bank System, we do first round leader analysis because a lot of people like that bet. And out of 11 appearances here, he's been first round leader in three years and he's had an, an additional two top five finishes. 
So that's five out of 11 years he's actually started extremely quickly here. So I'm just praying that I'm not seeing him three over after five holes on Thursday, which is likely on the basis I've backed him. But um, if he does get a start, I, you get the feeling that Justin will hang around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's nothing worse than a reload Thursday, Steve, is there? <laughs> when all your bets have tanked by the, by the turn. So I think before we go, just one more market to discuss, and it's because it's such a stellar year. I know Paul, Paul Williams is doing some... Um, some long shots tomorrow at Golf Betting System, so keep your eye out for that. He's also doing some uh, first-round leader bets and potentially top debutant. But it's such a strong market. I'll just read you through the players. John Rahm, Tyrrell Hatton, Thomas Peters, Adam Hadwin, Tommy Fleetwood, Alex Naren, Hudson Swafford, Jung Hung Wang, even Willie McGurk. You know, there's some good, good players there. What's your, what's your take on that market? Good luck. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah, yeah, there's some big names in there. Um I mean Rahm is best price eleven to four to win that. Tyrrell Hatton eleven to two. Uh, then you've got Thomas Peters, Adam Hadwin at eight. And the one I like is Tommy Fleetwood at nine to one. Fleetwood, long as you like, Greens in regulation monster. Second at the WGC in Mexico, winner in Abu Dhabi. He's gone up a notch in my estimations, Tommy Fleetwood. He's a talented lad. I could see him going extremely well this week. Yeah. I really could. He's really turned it on in the last while and you know, mm. he's going there and he'll be learning from Lee Westwood, Justin Rose, guys who are a lot of course experience there. He'll be pulling in all of that information and trying to put it to good use. Um it's a really good shout. I like yeah. In this market, there's a little bit of an outs- kind of semi-outsiders. Hudson Swafford at 16-1. Yeah. to one. And Had a great year. Yeah, and played played some nice stuff there last week in Houston. Yeah, hits he did, yeah. Big boy, hits the ball a long way. And I'd almost be willing to take him on each way in that market because you can get quarter odds for the top three places. And that's kind of a fun bet to me there at 16-1. to one. You always get surprise names in this, don't you? I mean, last year it was Smiley Kaufman, wasn't it, who went out in the last group on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Um, played superbly and, and had an unfortunate... Uh, the, the, the last round kind of got away from him a bit, but mm. you know, sh- showed, uh, showed he's got some skills all up to that point. Well, I think that's it just about covered from us then, isn't it? I'll, I'll recap on the four that I've gone for in the main market. I've gone Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, Mark Leishman, and I've also gone for, uh, who's it, Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger are my four. What about yourself, Barry? Um, my big ones were Rory McIlroy, Justin Rose, Paul Casey, and Charles Schwartzel. And the rest were just kind of... Uh, for interest, so I hopefully have somebody in the in the mix come Sunday evening. You know, kind of add to that excitement of Sunday evening, which is such as I think it's one of the special nights of the year for golf fans. Anyway, um, I know it is one of my favourite nights of the year. Absolutely. Well, all I can do now is thank uh, thank you for being a guest on our inaugural podcast. There's going to be more to come. I know that for a fact. Um, thanks for your time to tonight, Barry. Well, thanks for putting up with me, Steve. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a case of putting up at all. Uh, your knowledge is uh, is fantastic, very, very useful. And um, thank you to the listeners. I hope you all enjoy your 27 Masters experience, and I hope 
that you've all got players in the mix come Sunday. So uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you again very soon. Goodbye.